Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Books Are Chic. I am so excited to welcome this author um, to the podcast because, one, her book is just incredible, and two, she is the March Read With Jenna pick, which is incredible. I am so thrilled to welcome Diane Marie Brown to celebrate her book, Black Candle Women. Welcome, Diane. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Courtney. I'm very excited to talk to you. I am so excited. Okay, tell us. I'm just going to jump in because I feel like this is what the people want to know. How does it feel to be the read with Jenna Pick? What was that day like? Like, give us the whole spill everything, Diane. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm still in shock. It's been months. I found out um, in August. uh, So it's been a long time that I've been keeping this secret um but i and i still can't believe it just because she's she to be highlighted by such a platform has been incredible so i i'm truly grateful for for um being selected for march so yeah my editor sent me an email we had just been going back and forth about some i who knows what it was but um mm-hmm. i was basically done with um my major revisions with the book at that point um, and just was kind of enjoying the time to, you know, not be stressed about revisions and 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 all of that. Um, but she said, "Oh, by the way, do you uh, have time for a chat a little bit later on today?" Um, I'm just trying to reach out to Sharice, um, who's my agent. Um, nice news. And so I was like, "Wow, what could this be?" Because I've only spoken to her, uh, my editor, before that time. I had only spoken to her one time before on mm-hmm. the phone. So I'm like, "Okay, this, this must be." Sa- I would ordinarily be like, "Oh shoot, doom! Like something bad happened." But she said, "Nice news." So my I had an idea of what it could be, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to like get my hopes up. But um. She said, you know, do you have some champagne? Are you sitting down? And then she told me what uh, what the news was that I had been selected as the Jenna pick um, and, uh, for March. So it was surreal. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. And I didn't realize they picked them so far in advance. Yes, they're reading uh, pretty early. Like, um, it wasn't even the final version that she read, um, just but... I think all of the the big uh, celebrity book clubs they they read really really far ahead and they're reading a lot of different submissions. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And did your editor submit your book for this, or did you just send Jenna's team like a copy? Or I believe that's how it works. I think uh, the my editor, my the publisher, um, sent it out. Um, cause I know there was a time when they said, okay, we want to at least get, it wouldn't be the final version, but we want a pretty complete version to send out to a number to contests that run early, um, for other types, um, of programs that highlight like debut authors and mm-hmm. then for the book clubs. So, um, I think it was sent out for a few different things. So. so incredible. And I feel like she and and all the celebrity book clubs, but she really curates her picks. And I feel like there's probably a lot that goes into them. So it's just probably so much more special for you because, you know, there's so many books that come across her desk, but I feel like she encompasses so many things in all of her picks. And this was like the yes. perfect pick. 
Yes, I feel like she's pretty thoughtful about it, but um, and I think she's intentional about highlighting debuts or books that probably wouldn't get the same, um, you know, type of response if they weren't um, shouted out from uh, a platform such as hers. So genuinely, you know, so grateful and appreciative. And it's and it's been fun. It's been a busy month, um, but I'm I'm excited about it. Yes. So fun. Okay. So tell us about how your journey to read with Jenna, how did we get here? Where did you start? Um, and tell us all the things. Yes. So, um, I mean, I've like, I'm sure you might, you might hear from a lot of different, um, authors. I've always loved writing, just always have told stories in so many forms. Um, and, uh, you know, as a younger reader and writer, never thought that this is something that, you know, I could do, you know, you go, when you go to college, you go to be a, a teacher, or I was going to be an entrepreneur, or, you know, you go to be a doctor, you know, something collegiate, at least back when I was younger. Um, no one ever said, you know, oh, this thing that you kind of like to do, you know, you could, that could be a way that you make a living. Um, so I, I went to school and that's kind of when I really started, uh, doing a lot more, um, just reading just for fun, just to get away from the, you know, college reading. Um, and, but I, but still at that time, I never thought about being a writer. Um, and then it was when I was, um, in public health school, um, just really wanting to feel creative. And so I took a stab at just writing something. Um, and I had a lot of fun with it. Um, and that's when I started learning about the publishing uh, process and finding an agent, um, but didn't get serious about it until um, like my late 20s, early 30s. Um, I actually got an agent and had a a book that she shopped around and was very excited about that because that was huge. Like, oh my gosh, I have an agent. Um, but that book never, never sold. And then um, after a few years, we, you know, we parted ways. Although she said, you know, if you, you know, if you ever write anything else, please feel free to send it to me. Um, and so, but I just love being uh, still being creative. I missed that part of um, that daily part of my life. And so I had an opportunity working for, uh, so I work in uh, public health as my my day job. That's I uh, went to grad school for public health and I was working at a local health department and they wanted to do something to celebrate their 100th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So I don't, re- I was in a meeting and I don't know how the idea came about, but uh, we decided to do a play. And I said, well, I can, you know, I love to write. Can I write the play? So I ended up writing this play um, that featured health department staff as the actors. And I directed it and we did it during public health week. And it was like a big hit among among the health department staff. (laughs) And um, so much so, but there was um, somebody there from uh, like the city management and they said, we should do this for the, this should be a bigger celebration. So then we ended up doing the play again for the entire city with the mayor. We sold tickets um, at a, the theater in downtown Long Beach where I live. And so after that, I was like, 
oh, oh yes. I, I loved the energy. I loved like seeing my words come to life. And I mean, it was a huge production, not just me, you know, definitely a big collaborative effort, but just uh, going through that made me say, okay, maybe I should take this writing thing seriously. So that's when I decided to go to um, get a degree in creative writing. So I have a, a graduate degree in creative writing and Black Candle Women started as a um, a writing prompt in one of my classes that was became a short story. And then my thesis, the first hundred pages were my thesis. And then I grew it into a novel that took about a year and a half to, to write. Mm -hmm. um, but even after that, I wasn't successful in finding an agent for it. Um, I shopped it around, didn't really get any hits. I got some feedback, a little bit of interest, but um, just said, you know, people saying it, you know, wasn't quite right for them. Some people gave suggestions and um, it was about eight or nine years and I just put it away and started working on something else. And um, then in the summer of 2020, because of events that were happening um, that had been happening, but um, really with uh, the murder of George Floyd, um, organizations, companies wanting to um, do things differently, do, um, you know, connect with uh, uh, Black creators in this case. And so Graydon House did an open call for unagented uh, fiction from uh, Black authors. And so I said, well, I have, I was working on something else, but I said, hey, let me submit this book that I've had and it has just been sitting here and I submitted it. And there was an editor there who just connected with it, right? That's kind of what you need, that that one person who, who feels it and believes that they can do something with it. And I found that in uh, my editor, uh, Melanie, and uh, it Still took some time before I, I heard um, she asked for a full submission. So after the after I sent my query and um, about nine months later, she reached out and said, hey, we would love to publish this. We'll help you find an agent. And it's just been go, go, go from there. So that's the kind of a long uh, story of uh, my becoming a debut author. I, okay, well, I love all of that because really, so this book, how old is this book from like when you started it, when you were in the class? I, um, I graduated in 2011. And so then I finished writing it 2012, early 2013. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, about yeah. 10 years. 10 yes. years old. I, that's incredible. It's like the little novel that could, and now it's like on this full Excella train that- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> is taking off, which is amazing. But really, I feel yes. like your first sort of big success was like you were like a screen, a playwright with your play, right? which yes. is incredible. Yes. Yeah, that was still one of the funnest things I've ever done in my life. And I feel like that was a spark that really, you know, said to me, you know, hey, do do something that you really love doing, do something that you're passionate about. Not that I'm not passionate about public health. I definitely am. But always there lingering is this need to be um to tell stories i think is really what it is and so just being able to feed that in some way was has always been important 
I think that that's so inspirational too for people, whether they want to be writers or something else, creative, whatever, that are in a career. Sometimes you just feel like, well, this is it. You know, I have to make money right. and this is what I have to do. And this is what, you know, if you have a family and supporting, but you just knew like this intuition to keep flexing that muscle and not, you know, giving up on that. And I think that that's something a lot of us need to hear. And I feel like more people coming out of the pandemic, you know, thought about that, but just hearing mm -hmm. like your whole journey towards that. And I just love that Graydon House had that, you know, open call and, you know, really wanted to support and embrace authors in that way, because that's incredible. And this is an incredible story. Yeah, I think it, you know, it's a good lesson in, um, you know, not just always doing things the, the same old way. I know mm -hmm. there's a process. I know agents are very, very important. And uh, the way that publishing, at least with the big five, there's, there's a reason why they have to kind of, um, you know, be strict about how they get submissions in, right? But it's not the only way that things can work. And I think, um, you know, any kind of business has to open itself up to um, trying things in a different way, um, especially when it comes to in publishing um, stories from um, from women, stories from women of color or other marginalized groups, because um, our our stories may not seem uh, like they fit the mold that um, is has been established for for so long. And so um, I, I think it's wonderful that they've done this and hopefully uh, other um, publishing houses will will start to do things to, to find stories from from different people. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you have this book is like 10 years old, it's gonna be published. <laughs> Give us first before we sort of get into it. Where you um not not where I'm gonna ask that first, but give us um your elevator pitch of what this book is about. Sure, it's so Black Kendall Women is a story of um a family of women. Um, there is Victoria, who's a marriage and family therapist, and she has a gift for helping people, uh, in her community of Long Beach, is where they live. Um, her sister Willow, who secretly offers her uh, Victoria's clients uh, magical powders, spells, tinctures, uh, her method of a quicker way to solve their problems, in her opinion. Uh, also living in the house is Victoria's teenage daughter, Nikki, who's tired of her family's uh, secluded and private life. And then there's the matriarch of the family, Augusta. Um, who spent her adolescence under the tutelage of a voodoo sorceress in New Orleans. And so the story gets started when Nikki uh, brings home a love interest for the first time. And that uh, causes an issue because what we learned is that these women are cursed. So anyone with whom they fall in love uh, dies. And so the uh, Nikki bringing home this boy forces them to contend with this family secret, um, but also their relationships, 
uh, Forbidden Romance. And we go back to 1950s New Orleans to learn about the curse's origin put into place by a voodoo sorceress. So that's Black Candle Woman. I love it. There's so many things. There's the sisters, family, it's generational, the voodoo piece. There's yeah. a little bit of romance. Now, where did you spark this idea? Where did this come from? Well, um, although it was a writing prompt, what really um, the heart of the story, uh, I really, so my my parents are both from Louisiana and we would go visit New Orleans every Every summer with my mom, I'd go and visit my uncle. And going there, um, very different from where I grew up in Northern California. Um, and New Orleans has, you know, its storied history, the music, the food. And so we would go and spend a lot of time doing like touristy things. And so I learned about um, Marie Laveau, who's a, the celebrated voodoo queen of New Orleans. And always kind of had an idea of her in the back of my mind. And uh, I didn't know my grandparents. Um, and so I've always kind of thought about who they were or other people in my family. And so I just kind of got the idea, like, you know, what if I was related to Marie Laveau? Like, you know, what what would she have passed on to me? What gifts, um, what curses, what family curses, what are some things that she might have passed on to me? And so that's kind of how I got the idea for the story of um, a family of women who, because of their ancestry, their their lineage, someone in their family, uh, many generations ago, um, uh, what influence she had on their lives today. And so um, I came up with a character that was kind of like Marie Laveau, who is related to the Montrose women. And that is where they get their, um, their giftings from. I don't, I've never heard of Marie Laveau. Now I'm going to have to. Google. Oh, yes, you <laughs> definitely have to. <laughs> so I'm so curious, like, what sort of aside from knowing who she was, and that sort of being your, um, you know, muse into one of the characters, what other research did you do? Did you speak with people who practice food? Like, I'm so curious because it's so fascinating. Yes. So I, I just started doing my own research. I read articles, um, especially from um, early 1900s or the mid 1900s about things that were happening in New Orleans um, what um, the French Quarter was like, and um, then came across a few books from a woman who currently today does trainings and classes um, about voodoo. And so she's written a number of books. So I, I read about her and I learned, um, I didn't know it then, but uh, Zora Neale Hurston, um, a lot of her work centered on kind of this anthropological study of life in the South. And so she actually documented a lot of um, the work that um, people who practice voodoo and hoodoo um, did um, in the 1900s. And so um, then I read a book of hers that documented all of this work and a lot of the legends and the folklore and the tricks and all of those things. And so um, it was kind of one of those things like 
the, the more you learn, then the more you realize you don't know, and then you reach research more. And so I had to, at some point, you know, stop. And I was being inspired by a lot of what I was um, reading and learning about as well. Um, so yes, uh, that that was a lot of fun learning about uh, voodoo and hoodoo. Do people, is that still something that's very prominent in New Orleans? Like, do people still, like, can you go see somebody who practices voodoo and like them, you know, like, the tinctures and stuff like that, if you were to say like, here's my problem or this person's making me upset. Yes. I, I mean, yeah, good question. <laughs> I I know that there, so this woman who teaches the classes, I mean, she very much um, from what I know is, believes in the, the work that she, that she shares. And um, even if you don't, necessarily so voodoo is the spiritual element and so similar to catholic saints there mm-hmm. are these uh loa that um you go to to intercede on your behalf for something very specific so if you need money or if you um lost a, a love or or um want to find a job or you hate your neighbor you would go to them go to a specific loa who sort of specializes in uh, what you what your need is, and so that's the voodoo side, the spiritual side, um, which gets kind of a bad rap. But really, voodoo um, in its origins is about healing and helping people, and that's what I wanted to showcase in the book. Is these um, these practitioners? They're really trying to help um, people, especially women, seek justice where where they can't. Um, and then the the hoodoo side that those are the tricks and the spells and the tinctures and people definitely still do those things. Maybe it's out of desperation, you know, yeah, <laughs> what can I do? Yeah. Um, or maybe it's something they they've tried it and it it uh, it seemed to something seemed to work. Um, and so they 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 keep trying it. But yes, there's even in it's it, again, it's kind of more touristy now, but in the French mm-hmm. Quarter, there's a there's Marie Laveau's voodoo shop. And so you can purchase uh you know a lot of different um remedies that have been assembled and put together but um a lot of the things that you can research these are um spells or hexes that you put together with um ingredients that people have around their home um if it involves another person um something from that person uh that belongs to them um, but yeah, it's it's all very, very interesting and fun. It is so I was so interested. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna Google after because <laughs> I just thought it was so I was like, wow, I wonder like you heard about it and I agree. I think it gets a bad rap. And by you explaining it to me with healing and helping, um, and you know, you think about all different types of religions and stuff, there's always some sort of like I feel like there's good luck charms, there's the evil eye, there's right. like different sorts of things that encompass that you know, that side of it, but also there's this outlet for people to come and, you know, whatever relationship they have with it, pray or, you know, search for whatever they're looking for. Um, Which I loved that it was intertwined with these like women who are so strong and so powerful and they were family. And Mm -hmm. that to me, you know, I just, I just love that so much. Who was, so my favorite character was Nikki in the book. I just thought she was like so fun. Um, But who was your favorite (laughs) character to write? 
Um, that's a good question. I there's probably two that I like about and they're they're kind of similar in in my mind. Um, so Augusta is the matriarch, and um I liked writing from her perspective because we get her when she's younger and when she's older. Yes, I love that. Um yes, and she and she's nonverbal. And so I that kind of that limitation with her not being able to have not having dialogue, at least on her side, um, that was kind of you know, it presented a challenge, but we were, I felt like I was able to get close to her um, mm-hmm. because of that. Um, and then um, there's Willow, who is the one who practices um, uh, hoodoo uh, on beha- on her uh, behalf of her sister's clients. Um, and uh, I enjoyed writing her as well. And then there's another character. She's not a point of view character, but um, Madeline is um, another family member who comes and moves in with the family at some point. And she was just kind of funny. I just felt like anytime she was on the page, um, she was going to have something snappy or, or um, uh, funny to say. So I enjoyed writing her. Who was the hardest to write? Um, I think um, Victoria was the hardest to write. So Victoria is, um, sh- again, she's the the marriage and family therapist. And um, she's the one who at least feels that she has the most to lose. And she um, had to be very, she's lived a very strict life and a very controlled life. Um, And, you know, at some points I just wanted to like shake her and say, hey, you know, you know, let your daughter, you know, live her own life, you know, and uh, just because I wanted to impart some uh, wisdom to her and especially as a a therapist, you know, but not seeing the what she was doing to her own family. So um, that I think she was kind of challenging because sometimes she does things that are not very likable. And I've kind mm-hmm. of heard that from people that, you know, yes. oh, they drove, she drove <laughs> me crazy. But, you know, that's what that's what characters do in books. They're not always going to behave the way that we want them to. And but we need that because that's what helps create conflict and drama and tension. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes she was driving me crazy, but also she was a mom <laughs> with a daughter and like that relationship yes. alone can be tricky. And yes. I love Nikki because I feel like, you know, she was with these strong women, you know, all these generations of her family. And I just think it shows the importance and the like that strengthens that relationship that's so important and learning about your past um, lineage from your moms and your aunts and your grandmothers and, you know, whoever you're getting that from, how important that is and how it shapes you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes your family can drive you crazy, but at the end of the day, they're your family and, and ultimately you're made up of, (laughs) of all of these people, you know? So I just love that. And I know I talk about it a lot, just the importance of grandparents, um, especially Mm -hmm. as you get older, it's just something that, you know, you wish you asked more or you want to know more and, and stuff like that. Yes. It's, it's very important. Like I mentioned, I, I didn't have grandparents, but I've witnessed my parents be grandparents and that those relationships are 
so valuable and so important. And um, you you have to nurture them and, uh, you know, learn, hear as many stories as you can from them. um, Because, uh, you know, once, once our grandparents are gone, then we, that's just information we can never get again. So yes. Yeah, I agree. I know seeing your parents as grandparents is like a whole separate thing Mm -hmm. and seeing, you know, the bond between your kids and them, you know, is just, is just incredible. But yeah, I just love Nikki and I, and I just, she was like a fresh younger voice in a very like loud women (laughs) household, (laughs) which which also is so fun. Um, I was going to ask you, did you have, so this cover is like absolutely beautiful. Did you have any, I mean, it's like, I don't even, I'm like, I, I couldn't stop looking at it when I got it. Did you have any input on that? I had very little input, but, um, and I was ready. Um, I, there's, there's some, uh, debut groups that, um, I was in a couple because my book date got moved. So I was in the 2022 debut group and a 2023 debut group. Um, and so we have little chats going on and people were talking about just had terrible, um, stories about their cover process. And so, mm-hmm. I was I was ready to go to battle about my cover, like, oh, I know I'm gonna hate it when I get it. And I'm gonna say this and that. And I received it and I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. It's it's m- more than I could have ever like imagined for for the cover. And so um, you know, just just had a little suggestions here and there. And there were some very minor tweaks that were made or really just additions um to the cover but yes uh the artist is a woman um named Bokiba from um from London I think she lives in London and just has been uh, a a great part of this journey having a, oh, a nice cover it, yeah it's beautiful and I feel like you can picture well I'll, as I was reading it I could picture the woman and it plays out very cinematically like I can fully see this as like a series or something. Um, the last yeah. few books I've read, I just feel like I'm, and maybe it's because we're seeing so many books turn to movies and series, mm-hmm. but I could fully see this mm-hmm. as yeah. a series. Yes, that would, that would be amazing. <laughs> I, I would love to see them on the screen as well. <laughs> yes. We ha- can we get some sort of like tincture or spell for that? Right. There you go. There you go. We can summon. Why, why didn't I think of that? I know. So, okay. So are you, and so are you hard at work at your next book? Or are you still just in the throes of all of this? Um, I, it's hard to kind of like sit down and write right now, just because um, I just, I'm just not in that right headspace right now with everything going on. Of course. Um, but um but I, I do have an idea that, and I'm, so I, I'm spending the time researching, which I, I really love. I had the other book that I had started working on and it just wasn't, um, I think I was writing the book that I thought a story that I thought might get published since I'd had the, um, experience I had earlier with, um, Black Candle Women, but it just wasn't like, I just wasn't in love with the story. So I think now I have a story that I really love. And part of that is just the research part. I Mm -hmm. love the, the other book. It, it didn't have, it wouldn't have had kind of that 
level um, where there's anything for me to research, but um, but this new idea does. So I'm kind of heavy in just doing a lot of um, reading about um, some of the elements that I hope to include in the in the book. So that's where I am with the next book. Exciting. Very exciting. Okay. It is time for Diane's Chic List, which I'm going to bring the questions up. Okay. Here we go. Because you actually didn't mention any like books or authors that you loved like up till now. So I'm excited to hear. Um, the author that inspired or inspires you the most and why? Um, uh, Terry McMillan. Mm. Um, and I just, well, first off, she was the author that I really read when I was in college and I said, oh, okay, I can, I can be a writer. She, um, was kind of the person who brought black women into contemporary fiction. I don't want to say the first because there have been others, but as she breaking through um, and being very widely read by, by folks. And so, um, and then she's just been, she has like um, a huge backlist now, right. That people Mm -hmm. know a lot of her work. She's had her books have been turned into movies and she still writes. And so, um, you know, I would, I would dream of having um, a career like Terry McMillan, but she also just, was very inspiring to me. Yeah, I love that. I love waiting to exhale. I had seen the movie like when it had come out so, so, you know, in the nineties or whatever. And then over the last few years, I was like, I'm going to actually read the book. And it was just so great. So great. Yes. Um, current TV binge series. Um, well, I am binging. Well, so I'm also kind of heavy in, um, so I teach public health. And so I'm kind of heavy in the semester and um, with my research. So I am like working, I feel all the time. So um, I binge things that don't really take much uh, mind space. So I watch a lot of like Bravo. (laughs) I like watch every Bravo. Um, Don't even laugh. You should say that sh- with pride. That is, this you're is, right. You're right. Bravo is amazing. <laughs> so just yes. be proud that you watch Bravo. I watch okay. Bravo. Who doesn't yes. watch Bravo? How about that? I know. I know. What's I, your fa- What's your be- favorite Bravo show? Um, I do enjoy any Below Deck. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh. I'm into Summer House Mm -hmm. um, as well. So I wish they would bring back Summer House New Orleans. I love, I mean, not some, no, Southern. Southern Charm. Southern Charm New Orleans. I wish they would bring that back. Yeah. Um, Because I really like, well, it was New Orleans. So I loved it. And I like those people. But I am also, I have been watching a little bit when I can give it attention, um, Shrinking. Um, oh, which has been fun. Is yes. it good? It's good. It's good. And um, what I really want, when I can sit down and just like watch TV and not do anything else, I want to catch up on um, Succession. I've only seen, I'm way back in season one, but Same. knowing that it's, uh, yeah, but knowing knowing that it's the final season, I want to 
catch up. I've done it before. I did it with Game of Thrones. I watched um, all of Game of Thrones in four weeks so I can oh watch the final. I know, it, but it's a commitment. So because I wanted to watch the the series finale with everyone else. And so yes. I don't know if I'll be able to do it with Succession, but I, I may if I have if I can, I I might try it. It's hard now because of all social media. So you feel like everything's going to be spoiled if you right. don't like you don't want to be like, oh, my gosh, you know, trying to scroll. Past. I've been like watching shows and like the finales have happened and I scroll quickly. because I'm like, I don't want to see, you know, or I'll just see a headline and then I'm like, oh, no, I know something, you know, that I'm going to ask you this, though, going back to Bravo. Were you <laughs> following along with the whole Scandaval thing? No, but I I wanted to. So there's this, I saw on social media, mm-hmm. this uh, list of, it was like 12 episodes that yes. you just needed to watch to, yes. to to be in the know. So I did start that. I started That's that. That's perfect. <laughs> See, I, I do like the, the beginning and then I sort of fell off a little bit. So I have yeah. to watch like the end because now I feel like they just released that trailer of what's to come and it's all going to unfold. And I'm like, I need yes. to be part of that unfolding. I do too. Okay. Same okay, here. We're, all, we're <laughs> on the same page, Diane. Okay, great. Um, Your last favorite book and current read? Um, I recently finished um on audio um before i let go by kennedy ryan Mm -hmm. which i really enjoyed that was a great book um and currently i'm reading i'm reading like seven books right now but um one of the one i'm really enjoying is i'm reading a tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow by gabrielle zevin um and i'm also reading uh the house in the pines by anna reyes yes so Yes. I read um, Tomorrow, Tomorrow, and Tomorrow, and it was one of my feet. I mean, yes. I'm not going to – it was just everything. I just loved I'm it. I'm enjoying it. Yes. Yeah, it's really good. Um, okay, Sand or Snow? Um, I'll have to say Sand because I'm a Long Beach girl. Um, even though I Sand itself – you know, it just <laughs> you know, gets in your annoying. car and yes. But Do you live have, by the beach? I Not like walking distance, but I, I mean, close enough. Like my daughter, she played like beach volleyball. So we'd be at the beach or I like, I run. And so sometimes if I'm training for a race, uh, there's a nice beach running path. And so I spend quite a bit of time at the beach. Oh, so nice. Um, Coffee or tea order? Oh, um, this is kind of a tricky one. If I'm at Starbucks, it's a tall, skinny vanilla latte. But if I'm at Coffee Bean, which is big in Southern California, it's um, an English breakfast tea latte. So I I do both. (laughs) I love that. Mm, A tea latte sounds good. Um, Favorite bookstagram account? Oh, there is a... um, uh, bookstagram, bookstagram account, uh, uh, Melanated Reader. Ooh. And she is just a whole lot of fun. Um, she uh, does a great job highlighting uh, Black uh, authors. Last year, she did um, this whole, um, um, I don't know what you 
column challenge, uh, 20 books by black women writers. And so um, she encouraged people to to post their pro their progress. And then um, this year she's doing, it's 20 books by uh, black authors. And so um, she kind of spurred those challenges and she just, she's just funny and just very positive, has great energy. She'll come on, I think just like last week or earlier this week, she did like her her book mail. She had like 50 books in the mail. She'll, she just opens them. And uh, so it, she's a lot of fun. And oh, also I have to sh uh, share about, um, do you know Pie Lady Books? Yes. Yes, she's she's great. And she just made a pie she, for Black Candle Women. So I, I saw it. It was out. beautiful. She's incredible. Yes. Like I don't even she know. She is. Incredible. <laughs> um, okay, name an author you'd love to have coffee or a cocktail with. Oh, um, just because I met this person like once, like, uh, like at an, um, she was on a panel and I just introduced myself and said hello, but um, her energy seemed really great. Um, Disha Filia, she's the author of The Secret Lives of Church Ladies. Mm -hmm. So um, just that book, I feel like after somebody who would write that book with those stories, she's got some great energy and some fun stories herself. So uh, I, I would love to have a little chat, coffee, drink with, with her one day. I love that. Um, who is your style icon? Oh, um, uh, Gabrielle Union. Mm. I love, Ga yes. That's She's, a good one. She always yeah. looks so great. She does. Um, book you wish they made a movie out of? Um, so there is a book that I love that came out in, uh, 2020. Um, the, the final revival of Opal and Nev, um, and I just with, um, I'm also kind of, oh, I didn't mention, I'm also kind of watching, uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the final revival of Opal and Nev is similar, um, documentary style. It's about a rock band, um, very similar book. I think even the the two authors, they have like a chat that I watched. And so I would love to see um, this story brought to life as as well. So that would, I that would be that amazing. in my pile. I'm going to dig it out because it did. When I bought it, I remember I was like, oh, this sounds so good because I loved Daisy Jones. I love that yes. sort of style of writing. Okay. And last question. Best advice for an aspiring writer or reader? Oh, um, well, for an aspiring uh, reader, that's really cool. Um, I guess, well, this would be for both. I think okay. um, finding um, finding your community and um, especially for, it's great, definitely for an aspiring um, writer, uh, just people to be an encouragement and um, people to if you want to share your work or just talk through all the things that that writers uh, deal with on their journey. Um, but for readers as well to get great book recommendations or um, to be challenged by different types of, of reads. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, for people who are, are new readers wanting to start to read more, um, 
being okay with reading in um, different modalities. So um, reading on a, a tablet or reading a paperback, or if you like hardcovers or listening to, to books. Um, the key thing is just kind of keeping at it every day. And um, I, you know, that's something that I really, I want to be a better reader. I want to be a faster reader. I read really, really slow, but, um, but I give myself that grace that, Hey, whatever way that you can um, read every single day, then, then that, that works. And so I think that's great for readers and, and writers. Yeah, I agree. I think so many people are like, oh, I just wish I could, I want to get back into reading or I wish I was a reader. And it's like, and it's the same thing with writing. And I feel like all authors are like, you just have to write. It's like, you just have to read. Yes. And maybe it starts yep. slow. It's okay if you start something and you don't want to finish. Like life is too yes. short to, Absolutely. you know, muddle through a book, find something that you love. There's so many choices. And I just feel like, yeah, it's the same thing. So that's great advice. Um, And let everyone know where we can follow you on Instagram. On Instagram, I'm at Diane underscore Marie underscore Brown. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Yes. And people should follow along um, with Read with Jenna because I'm sure if yes. you haven't already, you guys will do a chat and, you know, yes. talk about the book, which is really fun. Yes. I've done a couple of um, stories on Read with Jenna and um, I'll be on her show next week so yes that's amazing and I just love your whole story it's so like inspiring and fun and I feel like all of this this book deserves all the accolades but I think after hearing how this book came to fruition and just your sort of determination I think it deserves it even more so I'm so happy well, to thank you celebrate it and thank you so much for for joining me this was so fun thank you thanks for having me yes and thank you everyone for tuning in